The scripture this morning comes from 2 Kings chapter 10, verses 15 and 16. After he left there, he came, upon, he came upon Jehonadab, son of Rechab, who was on his way to meet him. Jehu greeted him and said, Are you in accord with me as I am with you? I am, Jehonadab answered. If so, said Jehu, give me your hand. So he did, and Jehu helped him up into the chariot. Jehu said, Come with me and see my zeal for the Lord. Then he had him ride along in his chariot. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Jen. Uh, and I would now invite you to stand with me. Will you do that? Uh, and let's affirm our faith together with the Apostles' Creed. And I just want to say if, if maybe you're here just kind of checking things out, and if this doesn't re represent your faith, that's okay. Feel free to just listen, okay? Let's join together. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. You may be seated. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, great to be with you here in, in worship, in our worship center, and all of you who are worshiping with us online, welcome. And especially for those of you who are kind of brand new here today, I always think that's a brave thing to come to a church for the very first time, and we're, we're glad you're here. We hope that God uh, speaks to you in some way today. Uh, this, today's the last Sunday in our series called Hearts Ablaze, and this month I've been taking some of uh, John Wesley's sermons. John Wesley was the founder of the Methodist movement, and I've been... And his are kind of long, and, and the language is old, so I've been reducing it, tightening it up, and, and rewording it for our time. Now, for United Methodist pastors, Wesley's sermon called Catholic Spirit may be the one that gets quoted most. Uh, and probably because it's easy to find some statement in there that supports our agenda, whatever we want, right? <laughs> Would we do that, do you think? And just like in the Apostles' Creed, the word Catholic in Wesley's sermon does not mean Roman Catholic. Uh, just as Catholic Church in the Creed means universal church, uh, what Wesley called a Catholic spirit means a spirit of unity. It is a unity that bonds Jesus' people together regardless of their congregation or their denomination and as far as we know, uh, this is the first time that Wesley, the first time that Wesley gave this sermon was in 1749 in Newcastle, which is the largest city in northeast uh, England. And, and, and of course, like any traveling preacher, he gave that message more than once as he traveled about. And, and this was a very important message because, you know, England and Europe had just come out of centuries of, of religious-based wars. 
Anyway, he starts this message by reading 2 Kings chapter 10. Uh, and verse 15 start, uh, tells about, it kind of comes into the middle of this story about Jehu, who is this ruthless man uh, who had been murdering and slaughtering his way to the throne of Israel. And on his way to kill more allies of the previous king and queen, Jehu met Jehonadab, the leader of this, of this devout, re, devoted religious sect within Israel. Uh, and, and he also had no love for the previous king and queen. So Wesley takes this scene, almost like a photograph, of this unlikely partnership, and he, he, he sets it out as an image for Christians. And I, anyway... So despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. And he draws that out as the, as the message of this story from Jehu and Jehonadab. Jehonadab. Uh, and that's how I would summarize all of Wesley's message on Catholic spirit. So will you say it with me? Despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. Jesus, of course, gave us the royal law. We remember that. Love your neighbor as yourself. Law of Christ. And everybody, we all agree with that. We all say, yeah, Jesus said that. We, we're, we're, we're all for that. Well, Jesus, of course, took it a step further and said that our neighbors include those who, who oppose us. He said, pray for them. Pray for those who persecute you. Love your enemies. But even so, still there is a special bond, a special love that Jesus' people have for one another. He told his disciples, a new command I give you, love one another. By this, everybody's going to know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Now, of course, everybody talks about one, loving one another, but do we put it into practice? That's the bigger question, right? You know, we, we have uh, Roman Catholic sisters and brothers who believe that the bread and the wine are substantively changed into the body and blood of Christ. We have Missouri Synod Lutheran brothers and sisters who, who teach us that baptism is a requirement for salvation. We have Pentecostal sisters and brothers where, where in their worship they all stand up and, and speak loudly in tongues at all the same time. And, of course, here at Faith Westwood, we don't all think alike, do we? We don't all act alike. Despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. Now, a, a more word-for-word translation of, of Jehu's question for Jehonadab is this. And this would be closer to the, the, the translation that Wesley had. Is your heart true to my heart? As mine is to yours, if it is, give me your hand. Now, these two guys could have started out by hashing out their differences and trying to agree on everything. And, and of course, Jehonadab led this religious group that was trying to insulate themselves from all the corruption of the world around them, including in Israel. And they, they were kind of weird a little bit. They had these peculiar beliefs and practices. They only drank water, and they owned no property. They lived in, in tents instead of houses. And yet, Jehu didn't 
Let that bother him about Jehonadab, you know, his, his re- religious peculiarities. And I was thinking, you probably know some Christians who have some weird beliefs and, and some practices that you find peculiar, but still, they're Jesus' people, and yet you find their ways a little odd. And that's okay, because they think you're a little odd, too. And you know, it's always been this way. And it's always going to be this way till Jesus comes again. As a, as a Methodist, I agree with John Wesley that God wants everybody to be saved and that God gives each person free will to decide whether or not to believe in Jesus. Now, in some other churches, uh, they listen to John Calvin more than John Wesley. And if they're really strict Calvinists, They believe that God has predestined those who will believe and be saved and those who will not. So, who's right? We are. (laughs) Unless you ask them, and then they're right. So, we're all fully convinced. Both sides can quote scriptures to defend their belief. Let's say, for example, that that I have a hundred things that I believe are true. I'm probably going to be wrong about a few of them. Problem is, I just don't know which ones they are. If I knew, I would change them, right? Or I could ask my wife, and she'd tell me which ones I'm wrong about, right? (laughs) Now, John John Wesley and George Whitfield met in college, and both of them became very well-known preachers, large followings, uh, and the two were lifelong followers close friends. Wesley spoke at Whitfield's funeral. Whitfield was a Calvinist. Wesley was not. Wesley said, wise people will allow others the same freedom of thought they want others to allow them. And that's what Wesley and Whitfield did for each other. You know, think of how, you know, all the different kinds of Christians worship differently. Uh, Some Sunday, uh, go to an Assembly of God church. I dare you. And the next Sunday, go to an Episcopal church service. They are day and night. And each group believes that their way of worship is better. And they should believe that. Paul says in Romans 14, 5, each one should be fully convinced in his own mind. God can sort it out. God knows our hearts. Now, personally, I am convinced that baptizing babies is perfectly fine. And some of you came from churches where they only baptized people if you were old enough to profess your faith and you did that. Uh, And you still believe that's the way it should be. Fine. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. I used to try to, to get people to agree with me on that. It never worked, so why bother, you know? Uh, and, 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 but I also say, you know, well, we're not going to change our practice. We'll baptize babies, adult, you know, kids, adults, whatever. Despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. I meet with a small group of, of pastors uh, every month for a share and prayer time, and I'm the only Methodist in the bunch. We have a few Lutherans, uh, ELCA and Missouri Synod, 
Uh, we have a pastor of a charismatic church. Uh, we used to have some Presbyterians, but, of course, being fans of John Calvin, they were predestined to move to other churches. <laughs> but I'm bump, right? <laughs> uh, and, and, of course, yeah, we have differences, but we love each other. And we care about each other, and we pray for each other. I, I mean, I'd, I'm, I hardly ever am going to not be there for those meetings. What unites us? What is it that unites us uh, in a, beyond our unique opinions and peculiar practices? Well, I think it's the basics of our faith and our experience in Christ. For, ex for example, how would you answer these questions? Do you believe in God's wisdom, power, justice, mercy, and truth? Do you believe that God is at work in all things for his glory and for the good of all who love him? Do you aim to walk by faith in Christ? Do you believe that Jesus Christ is, is Lord of heaven and earth? Do you believe that Jesus is, you believe in him not just intellectually, but do you know him personally? Do you no longer trust in your own good works, but do you receive God's grace through faith in Christ? Is your faith filled with the power of love? Do you seek to love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and are you learning to give thanks in all circumstances? Have you discovered how good it is to sing praises to God? Are you storing up treasure, not here on earth, but, but in heaven by being generous? Do you hate what is false, what goes against God's holy ways? Do you love your neighbor as yourself, and do you show love by your actions? I think people of all congregations and denominations can say yes to these questions. These are the kinds of things that unite us. And when we're together, we don't have to worry about the peculiarities of our tra tra uh, traditions. And that's why, you know, I don't expect my Episcopalian sisters and brothers to give up their, their long liturgies. I don't expect my Roman Catholic sisters and brothers to give up their devotion to Mary. I don't expect my, my Quaker neighbors to start receiving communion. I don't expect my Salvation Army officers to, to abandon wearing uniforms. But this we know, despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. We love each other by being patient and kind. We love each other by bearing one another's burdens. We love each other by being gentle and passionate and pleasant and, com and compassionate. We, we love each other by not being irritable or resentful about each other's faults or mistakes. And I know I need, I need the loving prayers of all my sisters and brothers, regardless of our differences. So I say, pray for me. Pray and ask God to correct what is wrong in me. Pray that God would, would give me the things that I need most. Pray that my heart will draw closer to the Lord and pray that I will do the Father's will and stay away from evil. And I also know that I need the challenge of my sisters and brothers 
despite our differences, I need, I need your good example that will spur me on to put, to put my love into action. And I need your encouragement to help me come, become a healthier person, a, a healthier Christian. I need, I need your instruction to show me how to, to live for Jesus in everything that I say and do. And I need you, I need a few of you, to lovingly point out my faults and strengthen me in my weaknesses despite our differences. Jesus' people can love one another. When I, was in, when I was pastor in Arapaho, uh, there were five churches in town, the Christian Church, the Missouri Synod Lutheran, Catholic, Episcopal, and United Methodist. It's quite an assortment, right? And uh, the, the, the pastors, we, we all met monthly, and uh, me being the United Methodist, I, I would especially hold this value as very strongly about bringing Jesus' people together. And uh, I suggested to the group one time that we, we begin dreaming uh, of, a, of a way that all, we could have all our churches come together to worship that would be allowed by all five denominations. Remember, this is the Christian Church, Missouri Synod, Catholic, Episcopal, United Methodist. Anyway, here's what we came up with. None of the pastors would speak. There would be no preaching. We would not meet in a church building, and we would not meet during any church's regular worship times. We had a Sunday afternoon, laity-led, all-music worship in the park. Each church uh, contributed uh, musical numbers, and I played in a saxophone trio. I think that was the last time I played saxophone. We were able to bring people from all five churches together to worship for the first time in the town's history. We went as far as we could go while respecting our differences. One year uh, in Arapaho, at the annual community Halloween chili cook-off, we pastors came together with an entry. Uh, and, of course, all the teams had to wear a contest, and this was back in the 80s. So we were the middle-aged mutant ninja pastors. <laughs> and we served uh, sewer chili. We did not win. <laughs> but it was another sign to the community that we could love one another while respecting our differences. Now, there are some dangers to watch out for. First, this, this Catholic spirit, the spirit of unity, does not mean that we adopt, uh, as Wesley calls it, speculative latitudinarianism. I had to practice that, by the way. What is speculative latitudinarianism? Well, with the root word latitude, you might guess, and you'd be right, that it's the idea that all beliefs are equal and therefore they do not matter. But Catholic spirit is not it's not being apathetic about our beliefs. Uh, is, that my, is that phone for me? <laughs> anyway, never mind. Okay. Uh, anyway, Catholic spirit is not about being apathetic about our beliefs. Wesley says uh, the idea that, that 
all beliefs are equal, he says he called it the spawn of hell. I guess he had an opinion, right? So if you assume that all beliefs are equal, you might be proud of how tolerant you are. Right? Everybody's beliefs are equal. I'm a, I'm a pretty tolerant person. But let me tell you, that kind of tolerance is just another kind of intolerance because you believe that you're right and everybody else is wrong about the earth, about their beliefs. And, and, and in the end, it also makes you wishy-washy about your faith. Wesley also said that a Catholic spirit, a, a spirit of unity, uh, also does not mean practical latitudinarianism. Well, what's that? Well, where, where speculative latitudinarianism was about accepting all beliefs as equal, practical latitudinarianism accepts all practices as equal. Imagine a church, if you will, where when the song starts, everybody gets out of their seats and they do liturgical dance during the songs. Well, if you're into that sort of thing, I would say go find that church. But we're not going to do it here. <laughs> yes, David danced before the Lord, but that isn't our tradition. You know, also, there, there, are, there are churches where there's no preacher and no prepared message. They just, they get together and they wait in silence for the Spirit to inspire someone to speak. And then that person stands up and, and shares something, and then they're quiet again, and then they wait for the next person to be inspired by the Spirit to, to, to address the people. Now, I think there's a place for that, kind of inspired utterance, but I also believe that there should be a bigger place for a, a well-studied, prayed-over presentation of Scripture. You know, we don't have to agree on all these things. We don't, we don't have to believe that they're equally good. Wesley recognized this. We cannot all be in the same denomination, and that's okay. We cannot all be in the same denomination, and that's okay. But despite our differences, Jesus' people can love one another. I, I have been grieving over the brewing conflict in the United Methodist Church for a long time, especially in the last four years. And now, our denomination is in the process of dividing. I did not seek this split. I did not want this split. And, and partly because I knew it could be very costly for congregations like Faith Westwood that are more on the orthodox side, but they've not been, you know, real vocal about who believes what on same-sex marriage. But I want you to know that in all of this, that my primary commitment is not to either denomination. It's to you. It's to the people of Faith Westwood. Because I believe that God has brought us together. I've been working with the church council and uh, in, from August 25th to September 25th, we're going to have five informational meetings. 
about the denominational options in front of us and what they are. So hopefully you'll, you'll learn some things. And, uh, you know, there's, there's going to come a day when this church is going to have to decide what to do. And I believe that we are not going to let it get ugly. Do you believe that? I believe we are not going to let it get ugly. Despite our differences, we got to love one another. Let's pray. Lord God, there's a way in which we grieve that all Christians cannot be in, in one church. But Lord, we do believe that this is possible, that we can all be one in love. So, Lord, we want to be the kind of people and inspire us to do this, Lord, where we can pray for one another across congregational lines and denominational lines. And, and Jesus, we remember your prayer. You prayed that all of your people would be one. So, Lord, show us how we can show the world that we are your disciples by just the simple way we love one another. And now we're going to take a couple of minutes to pray silently so that we can each have some time to, to bring before the Lord whatever is on our hearts at this time. And uh, you, you feel free to pray where you're seated if you want to do that. If you'd like to come forward and, and stand or near, kneel here at the steps to pray, you can do that as well. Let's pray.